Are you interested in making your own podcast? If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. It's free. They have creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. Anchor will then distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcast, and many more. You guys can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And in fact, I'm using Anchor and I love it. If you're interested, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hey, everybody, this is Heidi St. John. Welcome to the podcast. Today is Wednesday, May 20th. I'm glad you guys are here. I've got a guest on the show with me today who's coming back again. You guys are going to love him as much as I do. My friend Bill Jack is on the show with me today, and we're going to talk about what's going on in Pandemicville. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. So I appreciate you guys tuning in today. As always, thank you so much for leaving reviews for the podcast over at iTunes and sharing what we've been doing. Uh, You guys know that the Resource Center was closed and we officially reopened last week under threat of jail. And so we thank you guys for praying for us. And uh, so far, so good. We're doing all right. And we just thank you guys for your prayers and support. If you would like to find out what's happening at the ministry, you can follow us online at the Friendly Planted Family Homeschool Resource Center. All right, without any further ado, I'd like to introduce my friend to you. If you've never met uh, Bill, you're missing out. <laughs> Bill is the founder of Worldview Academy, all-around great guy, and one of the smartest guys I know, particularly as it relates to the culture and the role of the Christian in it. And I thought, man, this is a great time to have him come back on and uh, catch up a little. So my friend Bill, welcome back to the show. Thank you, Heidi. It's good to be here. And you know what? It's been a while since you and I talked and you, we talked on the, we've talked on the phone about kind of the pandemic and how you're in Colorado Yes, and I'm in Washington. What's the difference between what's going on in Colorado and what's going on in Washington? Well, our governor, who is an open homosexual, uh, talks a good talk. He's a Democrat. He just met today with, uh, with the president of the United States, and he talked good talk, but he really is uh, offering some tyrannical moves out here in Colorado. For example, there was a restaurant here in town where I live in Castle Rock that opened um, for business on Mother's Day, and the owner got his license revoked. So there's some draconian measures going on in Denver, Colorado. It is mandatory that one wears a mask. And so um, there's just things that are happening that are ridiculous. They're not they're not effective. Uh, Makes people scratch their heads in amazement. Why can you go to um, a liquor store, but you can't go to church? Right. (laughs) Right. there, There are some things that don't make sense. And there's an overreach of of government bureaucracy, and I'm concerned that liberty is on trial. Yeah. Yeah, it absolutely is on trial. I was just talking to uh, Rick Green, and he was saying that part of the reason, I know you are going to agree with them, part of the reason that we're in the state that we're in is because people don't understand their rights, and they don't understand how this country was founded, and they don't understand or know the Constitution. And we're, you know, we're in such a state right now, we got to start working our way out of, from a deficit backwards. So where do we start? 
We, we do need to educate people as to their liberties. What concerns me most is that churches are kowtowing to government under the guise of being good Christians yep. and wanting to care for their neighbors. Um, I just did a, a webinar a couple of weeks ago on prudence and jurisprudence. And yes, so good. We watched that with all of our kids, sat around and we watched the whole thing. Oh, well, thanks. And it's all about jurisdiction. Who has the authority to speak law in these areas? And we as Christians need to understand what the biblical perspective is, and then also what is prudent, what is wise as Christians in caring for our neighbors and our relatives and our friends and people at church. So we we look too often to government as the provider rather than God as the provider. We fear, we've been trained now to fear government rather than fear God. Mm. And if we start with the fear of the Lord, then we would be much wiser because that is the beginning of wisdom. Fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And we have a culture that no longer fears God. Um, so I'm hoping that what we're seeing will return us to a time where we will fear God and seek his wisdom. I do have my doubts and I'm rather skeptical. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, and you and I talking a couple of weeks ago on the phone and you re- so rightly remarked, just we, we worship what we fear. Right. And we really do fear the government and the government is sold. You know, we, we did the thing, you know, Jay and I sit around at night and we just scratch our heads and we're like, man, we, we did the thing, right? We flattened the curve. We stayed home. We shuttered our churches. We closed our buildings. We crashed our economy except for Walmart because, you know, they're essential. But the lady who sells uh, resale clothes in Battle Run, Washington, she somehow is not essential. It's, it's insanity. And you realize we're literally a culture, a nation in the grip of fear right now. Yes, and it, it is true. Jesus said uh, to the Pharisees, to the lawyers in Luke eleven fifty two, he said, you have taken away the key of wisdom. And what is the key of wisdom? It's fear of the Lord. Once you fear the true creator, then he removes fear of everything else. And if we want to be fearless, we should fear God. If we want to be wise, we should fear God. That is a question that perhaps we should start asking all of our elected officials do you fear God? Hmm. Uh, when, when I have students ask that question of elected officials, there is a, there is a visceral reaction. They, the people will actually step back and their eyes will wide open. It's almost like taking one of those little, uh, little carnival dolls that you win if you toss a ring or a toss a ball and you squeeze it, its eyes pop out, its ears pop yeah. out, its tongue pops out. That's the reaction you get when you ask people, do you fear God? And the answer is is almost squeezed out of them immediately. They will either pop out yes or no. And if they say no, then they will try to qualify it by saying, well, I respect him. And that tells a lot about where elected officials are. Fear of the Lord and don't not taking a bribe are the requirements for a magistrate in the Old Testament. We need people who fear God. And I think what we're what we're facing is a culture of people who are fearing the government rather than fearing God. Well, and it's interesting. The churches are doing this, right? I mean, the the churches are fearing the government, right? right? Yeah. How do we get away from that? You look at uh, 
in the book of Acts, in Acts chapter 4 and 5, Peter and John were ordered by the Sanhedrin, by the Supreme Court of Israel, not to preach in the name of Jesus. Now, did they say, okay, well, we'll do that, and we'll close our church doors, and we won't preach in the name? No, what they did is they, they answered with what Jesus taught them in Matthew ten sixteen: be wise as serpents, innocent as doves. Now, that's a strange combination. And I've paraphrased that into three words that Christians need to understand when anybody in a position of authority says, you cannot meet here, you cannot speak here, you cannot pass out literature here. The three words are, I don't understand. Basically, that's what Peter and John did in Acts chapter 4 and 5. They said, Supreme Court, you tell us, should we obey God or should we obey man? Now, basically what they were saying was, we don't understand, you tell us. Now, what that did is it shut the Supreme Court's mouth because not only were they the Supreme Court of Israel, they were the religious leaders of Israel. They understood the answer. You are to obey God. Christians are to be obedient to true authority. True authority comes from God. Always obey God. I don't like the term civil disobedience because Christians are always to be obedient to the higher authority. That's Romans chapter 13. And the higher authority comes from God. You look in Acts, in Acts chapter 16, where Paul and Silas were, were unjustly beaten and then thrown in prison. We all know the story about the earthquake, chains falling off, you know, jailer getting mm-hmm. saved, his whole family getting saved. But most people don't read the rest of the story. And the rest of the story is the next morning, the magistrates sent word to the jailer, hey, um, uh, we, we, we probably overreacted. Let those guys go. Now, how did Paul and Silas respond? Did they go out the back door through the alley and catch the bus out of town? No, what they said is, no, you go tell the magistrates to send their policemen down here and escort us out in front of the cameras from CNN and Fox and MSNBC and ABC and CBS and NBC, you tell them that they have unjustly beaten Roman citizens. Paul and Silas didn't pull this gentle Jesus, meek and mild stuff. They stood for liberty. And it wasn't for them. It was for for everyone. Christians need to stand for liberty for all, not liberty for some. If we don't have liberty for all, we have liberty for none. Mm -hmm. Churches are starting to do this. They're saying, I don't care what you do, for example, to Baronel Stutzman, the florist in Washington State, or to the Klein family in Oregon, or to Jack Phillips here in Colorado. I don't care what you do to business people. Just don't make us, the church, subject to the same laws. Give us an exemption. Now, what that makes us is nothing more than, you know, a special interest group. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. We no longer stand for liberty. We need pastors who will stand for liberty for all and call the culture back to righteousness. We see that with, with Paul in Acts 25 as well. You know, he said, I appeal to Caesar. Christians need to understand their liberties biblically. They need to understand that we live in a nation that has is based on a biblically based document, the Constitution, and we appeal to the Constitution. 
Peter and John appealed to God. Paul appealed to Caesar because even a corrupt government had laws that protected its citizenry. We as U.S. Christians and citizens need to stand for liberty. And when we are oppressed, it's not going to be if we are oppressed. It is when we are oppressed, we appeal. We appeal. And we appeal not for us as individuals, because I can lay down my liberties. I can't lay down your liberties. I have to stand and defend my neighbor's liberty to Mm -hmm. assemble, to speak, to pass out literature. I must do that. That is what I'm called to do. Now, I can choose to lay down my liberties. I can choose not to appeal on my behalf, but I can't. It's, it's as if someone were to break into my home and attack my family. I could choose, if I were by myself, not to defend myself and lay down my life. I cannot choose to lay down my family's life. Hmm. We no, must stand for liberty. It is liberty under law. And what I see is the erosion of liberty through this crisis because those who are in opposition to liberty are taking advantage of the opportunity to pass legislation or attempt to make edicts and curtail liberties. Yeah. And what we're seeing really is leaders who we have elected. I mean, we have we have done this. You know, I keep saying this on the podcast. We have done this to ourselves. We have allowed uh, people with darkened hearts to rise to the highest positions of authority in the states and in the nations. And now those people are drunk on power. And so a pandemic comes in, gives them exactly the excuse they needed. That's what we're seeing here in Washington state, right? So uh, Emperor Inslee has decided that because uh, he is the emperor of the land, that he can determine who's essential and who isn't, who can open and who doesn't. And it literally makes no sense at all. And so when I talk to to Christian leaders or Christian pastors who say, well, we're just going to stay closed until, you know, we're happy. We're doing the Zoom thing. It's fine. I just want to say, and I, I hear them say, you know, the Bible says that we are to be subject. I want you to, to answer this question, Bill. The Bible says that we are to be subject to those in authority to render to Caesar what is Caesar's, to which I always reply, but this is a constitutional republic. You live in it. Therefore, you are Caesar, a government by the people, for the people, of the people. How do you respond to these Christian leaders, Bill, that are hiding behind Christianity in the face of a crisis like this? First of all, they need to they need to read Romans 13, and it says be in subjection to, it says the governing authorities, a better translation is the higher authority, because it says all authority is established by God. So does that mean, for example, that the Nazi government was established by God? Well, yes, all governments are established by God. So that therefore, that makes God the author of evil. Well, the answer is no, it does not. Governments are established by God, but they're run by men. And because man is basically evil, he Mm -hmm. tends toward the evil, governments become corrupt. We are to obey the higher authority. Now, when a pastor says, well, I'm going to tell my flock to, to just, you know, just obey what the government says. What he's doing is he's telling the businessman whose livelihood comes from his small business to shut down. And that's contrary to Deuteronomy 24.6. Deuteronomy 24.6, it says, no one shall take a hand mill or an upper millstone in pledge, for he will be taking a life in pledge. 
Mm. A millstone is what provided food for the, for the family. family. Yeah. And if you put that as a loan, as security against a loan, and then the loan was was defaulted, and you took it, that was unbiblical. To for the government to come in and say your business is not essential is unbiblical. It is essential for my family's welfare. It is mm. essential for the community. There's no such thing as a non-essential businesses, especially when governors in your state and my state and around the country are saying, hey, pot shops should be open. Yeah. Yeah. But not churches. That's right. You can yeah. go in in Michigan and you can buy tomatoes in the grocery store, but you can't buy seeds to plant those tomatoes in your garden. Yeah. You can go fishing, but you can't go fishing if you have a motor on your boat. Right. Right. That, that, this, this is the absurdity of the administrative state. This is the administrative state. They are not doing it by law. They're doing it by edict. It is unconstitutional. I am shocked that there aren't churches who are rising up in mass and filing lawsuits federally against these actions. Yeah. And parent, and I think a lot of people are listening to this, you know, and I, I've heard this a lot because, you know, I've been on Facebook just talking about what's happening here. The devastation really that's being caused by a man in in uh, authority over us who does not care about his citizenry. That's I mean, that's cool. really the bottom line. And I keep hearing Christians say, well, you know, uh, turn the other cheek and all this stuff. And I'm thinking, oh, my goodness, we don't understand God's love for people. Yeah, you, you can turn your cheek. You can't turn my cheek. Right. You you can't you can you can say I will forego my paycheck this week out of concern for your neighbor. That that's your choice, but you can't say, Bill, you must forego your paycheck this week out of concern for your neighbor. That is coercion. That is not charity, it is coercion. There is a a, a, a world of difference between those two. Mm. What what we need to start talking about are almost soundbite references. For example, uh, here in Colorado, there's a, there's a push to talk about no one should die alone. Mm. How many people have died in nursing homes, in mm. critical care units, and they had to die alone because their family was not allowed into the facility? It's criminal. It is criminal. Yeah. You have experienced this. I just talked yes. to another lady who experienced she for the first time on Mother's Day she held her 7-week-old grandson. Mm. She had not seen her in-laws in two and a half months. They had been cloistered in their house and when they met they just wept and hugged each other. No mm. one should die alone. No. No one should die alone. An another thing is unemployment kills people. Yeah, that's right. Killing people, suicides, yeah. opioid addictions, overdoses, alcoholism. It, 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 the list goes on and on. People who could not get diagnosed with life threatening diseases, cancers, because the hospitals were closed. So unemployment kills people. And finally, government discrimination is evil. Mm. Government discrimination is evil. The government is choosing who can be essential and non-essential. Yeah. Government is choosing, for example, in New York, Governor Cuomo, the hero of the moment, really devastated 
nursing homes. Yep. Because he sent COVID patients back into the nursing homes and those no- nursing homes were not prepared. Mm-hmm. Government discrimination is evil. Mm. We need to punch our elected officials with those statements. We need to talk to our neighbors, our friends, and it's not partisan. Those statements resonate with people. Yeah. That's really true. In the in the few seconds that we have left here, can you offer some encouragement to the to the parents who are sitting there listening? They've been quarantined now for two and a half months, right? And they're frustrated and they feel discouraged and they're like, I just don't even know what I can do. What can I do sitting at home in my little house? I've got no authority. I have no recourse. I have no way to ask for redress from my government. What can I do? Well, I think there's going to be uh, an uprising. I'm looking forward to the moment when everybody walks into the grocery store, looks around at each other, and they all take off their masks at the same time. I've got a prototype mask that I'm, I'm now... Uh, it's in production. It's a mask with a yellow star on the cheek and it says not again inside yeah. of it because the mm-hmm. mask is the new yellow star that citizens are forced to wear as their identification. Yep. And not again is a plea and a protest. Not again yep. or not again. Yeah. Begin to exercise your liberties. I, I, I'm seeing people rise up and go, it's time for us to throw off the shackles of the government plantation. Mm. And and that's what we, we really need to see. I'm hoping that that will be the case. So yeah. no one should die alone. We need to we need to walk into those facilities and practice safe, you know, wear the mask. Don't don't expose people unnecessarily. But no one should die alone. Mm-hmm. Talk about that with your with friends and and at your church. Mm-hmm. And and we need to understand that unemployment kills people. Mm-hmm. And we need to realize that it's the government discrimination that is evil. Those mm-hmm. things we need to punch home to our elected officials. Here's the question that we need to ask each other in conversations over and over and over. Any, any conversation we have, we need to end it with. I uh, just want to ask you, do you trust your government? Mm, that's the question. There you go. Do you trust your government? I don't care who you, with whom you speak. I don't care which side of the political aisle. It's like that little carnival doll that you squeeze and mm-hmm. it pops out automatically. Their answer, and I've done this, is no. Yeah. And, yeah. and the question that we need to be asking our elected officials is this. By what constitutional authority are you doing this? Hmm. Well, they can't, they can't answer that one. And if they can't answer it, then say, well, then I'm not obligated to obey you. Yeah, no, that's exactly right. I obey a higher authority. What's happened here in the state of Colorado, it's not the governor's getting the, who's taking the blame. He's saying, well, it's, it's the health departments. We need to start writing to the health department. Mm -hmm. We need to start phoning the health departments, the county health departments and asking questions. By what authority are you doing this? Yep. Yep. And we sure have learned a lesson, boy. We didn't think that it mattered who the governor was. We're like, oh, great, governor, you know, he can go to all the fancy dinners and represent my state. Turns out he can wreck your state if he doesn't know how to represent your state. And it actually, it really, really matters. Bill Jack, where can people find you online? They can find the ministry for which you work at worldview.org. We do camps across the country. Hopefully we'll be doing them this summer. And they can contact me at 
Bill Jack 4987. That's B I L L J A C K 4987, all lowercase, at gmail.com. At gmail.com. You are a hero, and I love what you're doing. We love the ministry, obviously, of Worldview Academy, and I cannot wait to see you again. Yes. And uh, see what the Lord does as we all get back on our feet and onto the road, right? I'm, I'm practicing social media distancing. Me too. <laughs> me too. <laughs> Bill Jack, thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate it. Thank you. It's good to talk to you, Heidi. You too. For more information on Bill's ministry, you guys want to check this out, worldview.org. They have a fantastic program for youth, and my kids have all participated in Worldview Academy. You guys do not want to miss this opportunity to train your kids to be civically and biblically active. Thanks for listening today, everybody. I appreciate it, and I'll see you back here on Friday. For more encouragement, visit me online at thebusymom.com.